joined by our Daytona 500 championship winning driver, Austin Zendrick, driver of the number two discount tire Ford for Team Penske. Uh, we will go straight to questions for our rookie here who uh, just won a Daytona 500. Please raise your hand and we'll get a wireless mic for you. We'll uh, start up here in the front with Deb and then go to Alan. Deb Williams, RacingToday.com. Congratulations, Austin. I noticed after you finished, you were sitting on the hood of the car, staring up at the grandstand. Why? What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? Well, I broke the car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I broke the starter, and I uh, blew out the right rear tire. So um, don't don't, uh, don't think that's anything bad. But, yeah, I was uh, kind of stranded, so definitely a good time to collect my thoughts and um, just appreciate the moment there for a minute, um, you know, to be able to do this in front of a sellout crowd, to be able to do this in general, to be able to be part of this race, having a shot. Um, it's, it's a racer's dream and, um, so many people get close to it and, uh, I feel very grateful and very proud to be able to pull it off. We're going to go to Alan in the front and then we'll go up to the press box. Uh, Alan Cavana, I know it was your second start, but as a cup rookie coming into this morning, did you think you could win this race? And if so, where did that confidence come from? I'll be honest, I knew I had the car to do it, but there's so many, so many things that uh, have to play out correctly uh, and, and putting yourself in position. And uh, I think we learned throughout the race with myself, my spotter, and uh, Jeremy as well as doing the right strategy, the right, the right calls, and setting up the right lanes to be able to put ourselves in position. You know, sometimes that's all you can hope for, and uh, sometimes you have to force people to help you. And um, I definitely didn't expect any help throughout the day. I did get some from the Fords, and uh, I think Ford's did an incredible job with this new car, and uh, I think it's obviously shown the first couple races. So uh, just, just proud to be able to do it, proud to be able to hold off those runs at the end of the race. And um, it, it means the world to me to be able to sit here and say I'm a Daytona 500 winner. Can you talk about that run at the end? I mean, a little move to hit, I guess there was some contact with Bubba, but you're doing what you can. So that last turn forward to the finish line, what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's probably been an hour since the race has been over. I still haven't even seen the race. But, um, you know, I, once I crossed the, the start-finish line for the white flag, everyone behind me bailed. <laughs> everyone started lifting. Everyone was trying to get their runs. And I was probably 20% throttle for, for most of the last lap, just trying to stay relatively close to where I could at least defend something or, or, or be able to be close enough to be able to get to the trial. I knew if I got to the trial and I was nose ahead, I would get it. I, I think I actually learned that Thursday night. And um, but But for me... Um, yeah, just holding off the wolves. I mean, it's, it's the race that means everything to everybody. Once you come off a of four, all gloves are off, and everybody wants it. Going to check in upstairs in the press box. Chris Meyer with Speed Sport. <clears throat> Kid, you never got a chance to know your grandfather on your mother's side, uh, the great Jim Truman. He uh, won the Indy 500 as team owner 10 days before he died of cancer. I'm sure you've heard all the stories. What do you think he'd be thinking right now to know that his grandson is a Daytona 500 winner and I have a follow-up to that yeah when I it's, it's hard to speculate on that but obviously um I've met a lot of people throughout my life and e even watching the Willie T Ribs documentary if, if you y'all haven't watched that I learned more about my grandfather than I ever have throughout the most of you know my years on this earth but um he was an incredible man and led an incredible life and um racing racing meant a lot to him and uh, racing's meant a lot to my family so to, so to be able to say that um you know I've been able to accomplish this and uh, you know, there's nothing more important to me than racing. There's nothing more important to me than being part of this sport. And um, to, to, to think that um, I'm a Daytona 500 winner, that you can't take that away. And uh, he's an Indy 500 winner, and you can't th take that away from him. And you grew up around Roger Penske as a small child, uh, running around. You were a big Elio fan. In some ways, has he kind of served a little bit of a role as a grandfatherly type to you in addition to being your boss? 
yeah, he's, he's a lot more than just my boss, you know, when I, I think of it. And, and next to my parents, he's probably been the most influential person on my life, just whether if it's been leading by example or, or the way he treats people, the way he runs his, his business and um, it, how he is with his family. If I can be half the man Roger Penske is, uh, I'd say I've lived a good life. So um, I think of an amazing opportunity. You know, a lot of people talk about I get the opportunities that I do and I become successful because of, you know, who my father is and, and what he's done in, in his life. And uh, I think it's the exposure to, to those people have meant more to me, have meant more to my career as far as leading, leading and doing things the right way than, than any other advantage anyone else can have. So I feel really blessed to be able to, to do that and utilize that experience in, in, in my life from a young age to be able to, you know, put myself up front in the biggest stage and, and, and obviously uh, have a great time doing it. We're going to go to Zach, Bob, and then Ryan. Zach Sternial with FrenchRush.com. Austin, congratulations on this. Um, you were in this race a year ago, obviously, but uh, it looked like a completely different style of racing today. Um, was there anything from last year that you learned that you could apply to today's race? I think the biggest thing is the competitors. You know, when you come up from the Xfinity Series, I spent four years in that series, and I, I said it when we were here on Media Day, is the biggest transition, especially on plate races, for me is to learn my competitors. And that was kind of my first eye into the cup series and, and, and let alone having more competitive cars, but these guys are the best and you can expect them to make the right moves for them, which in some ways I really enjoy because it, it makes my job harder yet easier uh, because you're expecting everyone to do the best thing possible and, and everyone to be perfect. And um, I, I think, I think that, uh, I think that it's an incredible opportunity for, for me to be able to run it last year and uh, get some experience up front and, uh, but but also to be able to come back here today and, and be able to be a contender throughout the entire event um, means a lot. It says a lot about my team. It says a lot about my race car. And, um, you know, it, it's obviously a great foundation to start the year. You were also around Brad Keselowski quite a bit today, uh, pushing him a lot, especially early. Um, are you conscious of that in the moment, uh, just the irony of that? But uh, more, uh, I guess more importantly, what allowed you guys to work so well together? Well, I think it falls back on, on guys being really, really good. And, and Brad is really, really good at this style of racing. That's why I was up front a lot of the day. And I've, I've learned a lot from, from Brad throughout my career. So obviously to be able to be in the two car and, and, and run tandem for so long is what we did. It was, it was kind of cool, um, you know, especially early parts there in, that, in the beginning of the race. But um, I, I also did learn a lot, you know, whether if I, was, I was being the pusher for, for Blaney or for Brad, um, as far as what that second car meant to the runs and, and things being generated in the pack. And I, I do feel like that helped me be able to defend better at the end of the race. We're going to go to Bob, then to Ryan in the back, and then we'll check in in the press box. Uh, Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. Uh, you said the other day that you're going to have to learn over the first 400 miles to know what to do over the last 100. So what did you learn over the first 400 that you put to use? It's a long list that I plan on doing before I go to bed tonight. Um, there's, there's so much different about this car, but at the same time, it is the same style of racing. You know, you, I think for a fan from the grandstands probably could have looked at this and go, oh, this is, this is Daytona with NASCARs. But uh, with, man, I keep doing that too. I keep calling them NASCARs. And all these people look at me like I have four eyes. <laughs> like, it's, it's a NASCAR to me, but it's a race car. It's a cup car to everybody else. So I'll, I'll get better at that. <laughs> But it's still the same style of racing, but the, the, the cars themselves are a lot different. The runs build a lot differently, and it's, it was really interesting to see who picked up on different things throughout the race, even in practice, and um, l learned, you know, like I said, 400 miles in. I learned a lot about it and um, got ourselves with, with really good track position by the end of the race, and um, I, I think I knew what I was going to have to do to be able to hold cars off if I was in that, in that opportunity. And with, with the driver who averaged a 17th place finish as a rookie in the Xfinity series. Could that driver envision this day? 
the driver that spun in front of the entire Xfinity field in 2018 on like lap six? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. You probably couldn't have picked me up from the care center and say, you're going to win the Daytona 500 one day. I probably would have said, bullshit. <laughs> but we've come a long way since then. So um, it's a... Uh, it's it's a very big credit to a lot of the people around me that have believed in me. You know, I've I've driven a lot of different race cars in my career, a lot of different race cars at this track alone, um, and I've I've seen the highs and lows of it. I have a lot of perspective from from friends, from competitors, co-drivers, teammates. You know, this race means so much to so many people, and um, just very humbled to be able to get it done. I'm gonna go to Ryan in the back, then we'll check in in the press box. Uh, Austin Ryan, give you the ESPN. You, you touched on this a little bit, but. Uh, the silver spoon nepotism claims have been around motorsports forever. Uh, what's this mean for you, all those whispers that have kind of followed you throughout your career when it comes to, hey, that's just that's how he got in that ride? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I would say I'm not an externally motivated person, and, and I'm not an externally intimidated person. Uh, my head's pretty much in the game 24-7. I don't think about much anything else except for racing. Uh, I don't have much of a social life. I, I hardly do anything else but go to the race shop and spend time well, either staring at my race cars or, or working out or spending time with my crew chief. So uh, for, for me, I, I guess I don't have time for the noise. But um, if, there's, if there's anything I, I have left to prove, I'm not sure what it is. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of, of the family that I've come from, you know, the, the person that my dad is and, and the way he leads our team. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be exposed to that. Like I said before, with, with my exposure with my parents and, and Roger Penske, um, I, I think that's my biggest asset is, is, not, is not who he is, but who he is, if that makes sense. Going to go upstairs to the press box. Congratulations, Austin. It's Lee Spencer. Hope you're doing well. Um, in your opening statement on the interview on TV, you, you made mention of a packed house. And for a young guy like you who, you know, the last couple of years you've raced in a pandemic, no fans in the stands or very little fans, to have this kind of a stage, you know, quite frankly, a stadium and all these people, you know, cheering you on, seeing the, you know, their reaction how different has it made this experience for you? I mean, if you can imagine what it might have been like, well, you were here a year ago, and, and you know, to have a almost empty um, place to, to do what you did in front of this crowd, it, it had to have been exhilarating. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to me because this this sport, my career, what I get to do for a living is all I want. And to see so many people take joy from the things that I love uh, it's very gratifying, but uh, for, from that standpoint, uh, I, I, I tried to let myself smell the roses today, and I never did. It's just not who I am. Um, I'm way too competitive. I, I know how much is at stake and how much work I put in to really pay attention to it. Like I said, I'm not externally motivated or intimidated. It's just, uh, it's just part of the process, but uh, I think it says a lot about our sport. You know, to, to your point about a, a lot of races under COVID over the last you know, two years, the funny thing is a lot of my success in the Xfinity Series, especially in 2020, came in an incubator, and when we got fans back at the racetrack, all of a sudden, everybody knew who I was, and that was really, really weird for me, <laughs> and I had actually leave, like, leave time to go places, and I still consider myself a nobody, but even, even walking through the garage, I mean, I'm not Kyle Busch, I'm not Joey Logano, but like, I guess I'm, I'm tall and somewhat recognizable, but otherwise, it's, uh, it's definitely a new experience for me, and, um, but like I said, to, to have what means the world to me make so many people, you know, bring so many people so much joy, uh, it makes my job pretty gratifying.
Can you feel the vibe and the energy, you know, just this refreshed energy that NASCAR is kind of like on a roll right now? Well, I think, I think NASCAR has been doing a lot of things right. And uh, I think, you know, as far as being aggressive, as far as our strategy, as far as the cars, as far as, you know, a race like the Clash, I think I think in the future there's a lot more opportunities with, with the package that we have. And you even saw it this weekend with, with the 21 car being able to fix their car and not have to go to a backup. Last year that would have been a backup. So I, I think our sport is, is changing in, in the right direction. And um, to have a packed house here is, is another great example of that. So our leadership has done an incredible job. I'm not just saying that because they're technically my boss but they really have and it shows we're gonna go to Dan and then Al Dan right behind you uh, Dan Gelson Associated Press awesome Bubba you know you just dodged him by you know got him by a nose I guess he said out there he thought he had it like the whole way to those last 10 laps he thought it was like his race to lose did you feel that way about about your ride I felt like I had a really good chance to lose it, and to lose it means you had a shot to win it. So, I mean, being on the front row for the last couple of restarts of the Daytona 500, you can't really envision a better better case scenario for you as a driver. And, uh, you know, that red flag, you definitely have time to reflect, and you can either reflect on what you're going to do when you succeed or how you're going to succeed. And um, like I said, I definitely lived in the moment there trying to figure it out because um, I, I know there's a lot of people that want this really bad, and uh, he's definitely one of them. He's worked hard for it and puts himself in position in a lot of these races, and um, it was really cool that you came up to me in victory lane, congratulated us. So um, definitely, definitely a hard worker as well, but uh, definitely means means a lot to pull it off like that. Going to go to Al on the far left, and then we'll go to Aaron. Oh. Yeah, Al Pearson, Auto Week. The the year that you went to Roger and said, "I'd like to go to Cup next year," and he kind of talked that down. Was that a, was that a major blow to you that? You felt like you proved yourself in Xfinity, and you wondered why can't I go forward? Does that bother you a lot? Uh, I would say that's not entirely accurate, but uh, the, the the situation, you know, in 2020, right, right around August, you know, the playoffs hadn't started yet, and uh, I hadn't won a championship yet, and I'd obviously won uh, five races to that point, but. Um, yeah, we, we we went to Michigan. We talked about it. We talked about the options of of what was possible, and at that time. I didn't even think an Xfinity season in 2021 was possible. I knew how close we were to shutting down the Xfinity program in 2020. Roger obviously said that after we won the championship. And so I considered that a non-option as far as my career. I had I'd already talked to other, other teams and other situations trying to figure out what I would do with, with my career if I can't go Xfinity racing or if I can't go cup racing. You know, at, at the time, you know, the, the, the car itself, you know, all, of, all four Penske-affiliated cars were full. So um, at, at that time, um, you definitely recognize – that there's no right or wrong way to do driver development. And, and I forget who brought it up, but, you know, obviously when I drove, you know, my first Xfinity race here at Daytona, I was not ready to go Xfinity racing, and I proved it. <laughs> and But sometimes you don't get to pick those opportunities. BKR shuts down, I got to go to Xfinity. I have no truck opportunities. There's no Ford in, in truck series at that time. And you have to make the most of things. And uh, I, I think my opportunity to run Xfinity last year, race for a championship again, and uh, be able to hone in on a lot of the small details, I think that's what it takes to be the best on Sundays is to be really good at the small details consistently. So uh, I, I wasn't offended by it at all. I was probably surprised that we had the opportunity to even run an Xfinity car again. And I, I think it certainly paid off. And, and like I've said before, his leadership is, is, is second to none. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to second-guess Roger Penske's judgment. We're going to go to Aaron, then Daniel, and we'll go back up to the press box. Aaron Bearden, Motorsports Beat. Um, Austin, two quick ones. First off, 
there in the last lap, looking in your rearview mirror on the back stretch, you've got your new teammate, kind of the newest star, Penske, Ryan Blaney. You've got like the star of old with Brad Keselowski. You've come up in the Penske system over the last decade. You've seen those guys grow. What's it like being on the same level as them now and getting to battle them in the sport's biggest stage? I will say that I do not feel like I'm on the same level as those guys. You know, I have a lot of respect for Ryan and, and kind of the leader that he's turned into in, in our race team. I don't think it's because Brad's departure. I think even last year you saw it, Ryan was probably our strongest guy every weekend. So I have a lot of respect for Ryan and, and the driver that he's kind of become over the last couple of years and obviously my relationship with Brad. So I also know those are two guys that have come really close a lot of times to winning Daytona 500s and they would not want me to win it before them. So um, definitely a lot of perspective there, but um, I, I really appreciate their leadership and, and what they've taught me throughout my career. But in that moment, you kind of have to block all that out and know that they want to win just as badly or worse than you do. So um, that's that's where I was in the moment. But at the same time, uh, off a of turn four, they're just another competitor. And I know it's always kind of the last thing you think about when you win this race kick off the year, but how does it feel to be locked into the playoffs already? Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. I mean, I, I thought you were going to have to win a race to get in the playoffs this year, and we're in the playoffs. We're in the all-star race. Um, you know, I don't. I can't tell you the last year the two-car hasn't won a race, so that's. I'd say that's a little bit of weight off the shoulders there, but um, I know there's going to be a lot of highs and lows in rookie season. There's going to be a lot of highs and lows with a new race car. Um, so to be able to give ourselves that type of security this early in the season gives us some flexibility, gives me time to be patient. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's the biggest thing because uh, even, even through testing, I have to remind myself to be patient, in, in whether if it's the, the drivers that I'm now competing against or a new situation, I think patience is certainly going to pay off to making sure I don't miss anything throughout the learning process. We're going to go to Daniel. We'll go up to the press box, and then we have a question in the back of the room. Daniel McFadden, FrenchRich.com. Austin, kind of going back to the first question you were asked by Deb, like when you're on the front stretch, your car's broke, the team's slowly putting new tires on the back of, on the back of your car, and you're just sitting in your car. How surreal was that period of time for you? It reminds me of my first Xfinity one when I blew the clutch out at Watkins Glen, <laughs> and I just sat there. That one I could push back by myself, and I did for a while. This one I was stuck on the banking but um, with a broken starter and no right rear tire. But uh, overall, it was, it was definitely a good, good opportunity to be able to reflect. But, um, yeah, just, just an amazing opportunity to be able to sit there and take, take everything in. And um, those are moments I'm never going to be able to get back. So, um, you know, if, if, if I'm able to come here and win this race again and put myself in position again, I think every race is different. Every experience is different. You know, at this moment in my life, um, I can't think of – anything more amazing and more gratifying than, than winning this race specifically. So um, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Like I said, it's all I care about. It's all I think about. And um, that's, that's what's gotten me this far. And so after you leave here, what's, what's the first step in Austin Sendrick's celebration night? I can't say I've thought that far ahead. I guess it depends on who's left uh, from the race team who's still here. But uh, I've, already, I've already had a phone call with people uh, – asking me what I need to grab from my closet and in the Airstream to, to put in my bag. So I got a spare pair of underwear. I did not pack an extra set of clothes, by the way. So <laughs> I'm not that confident. <laughs> so I'll be re-wearing re my clothes from today, tomorrow, and um, I will have fresh underwear. So that's a win. I'm going to go upstairs to the press box. Jim Mutter, Motorsport.com. Congrats, Austin. Uh, two questions. One, uh, thinking back, if you can, back to early in the race, with the incident with Chase Briscoe and Kaz Grau's loose wheel, how close do you feel that came to kind of disrupting uh, your entire race? 
Yeah, I'm not quite sure if, you know, the 14 spotted the, the tire before we did. Obviously, I just ran over him and spun out. I'm glad it didn't really cost him anything in the race. So it didn't really actually change the race really at all for anybody. So um, no harm, no foul. But um, definitely a, an oh shit moment pretty early on. But um, otherwise, um, didn't, didn't really change a whole lot. You kind of have to put that behind you pretty quickly. And at some point in your career, you've talked, I think you've touched on in the past, you made a decision that you were going to be a NASCAR driver. Uh, uh, at this, when you think about it now, why were you so determined that that was the right course for you? And did you expect the decision to pay off so quickly? Yeah, I mean, the situation you're referencing in 2017, I had the opportunity that I'd probably been working for for the last three or four years, which was to be a manufacturer-backed uh, sports car driver. And, and I had a great opportunity lined up for me that I'd worked hard for. And at the same time, I'd done a few ARCA races, a few truck races that went fairly well. And I had the opportunity to go full-time truck racing. And um, think about the world being your oyster as a, as a young driver. You, you actually have the opportunity to choose that. And I, I think when it comes to this sport, obviously this is, this is the biggest stage um, in American motorsports. But I don't think you get a second chance to make a NASCAR career work. There are very few people that, that, that have been able to do that. Um, and, and for me, that was an opportunity to take advantage of that. And um, obviously it's, it's gotten me this far. And um, I've been able to, to still keep ties uh, to that side of racing. And I still have a lot of passion for that side of racing if – um, anyone watch the Rolex 24 or anything like that? That's kind of my passion project every year. But uh, otherwise, yeah, certainly, certainly a, a defining moment, you know, kind of in, in the path of my career. We're going to go to the back of the room, and then there's a blue shirt on the far side, the far left of the room. This is Melissa Thomas with Florida National News. All the way back here. <laughs> um, obviously, um, this is kind of a, a capstone goal for you. Now that you've won the Daytona 500, um, what else is, what other things fuel you to, to keep going? What, what other things are your fuel or motivation? I know you mentioned Rolex 24 is your passion project, but is there anything outside of racing that motivates you as well? Outside of racing? Uh, I have a project car that I've spent the last four years working on and haven't touched it in four months. But uh, otherwise, uh, outside of racing, absolutely not. I, haven't, I don't have any plans or thoughts or ideas past that you know for as far as what's after the Daytona 500 there's a race next week that needs to be won by somebody so um got to start focusing on that at some point I'll, I'll try and smell the roses before Fontana but uh otherwise you know I, I do I do subjugate the Daytona 500 in a different category than the races during the season I, I look at it as a as a uh, another exhibition race um throughout the year and, and and this is obviously the biggest race of them all so um I, I would i would yeah put that on the list of, of daytona 500 indy 500 Le Mans, rolex 24 i want to do them all i want to be successful at them all i would say the only one that i want to do that i have zero desire to actually just be successful is probably baja i just want to do it um but otherwise uh certainly certainly a lot of lofty goals for a 23 year old but um definitely definitely an awesome box to check if i check any of the rest of them going to say we have two questions over on the left side of the room there. Ed Albert, Fox 43. Um, Mario Andretti called what you did today a most brilliant drive. How does getting a compliment from somebody like that and what he said make you feel? He's a legend. Uh, I would, the last time I saw Mario Andretti, I think it was before the season started last year, and uh, I looked him in the eye I said, do you have any advice for me? He says, whatever you do, stand on it. That's it. Stand on it. I can't think of any better advice you can give a race car driver than tell him to stand on it. So uh, Mario, Mario's an absolute legend. He's, he's an icon. I think he's a household name. And 
um, someone someone that uh, definitely definitely has made his name in, in this sport and in a lot of other forms of motorsports. And it'd be uh, it's it's cool to check off one thing that he's done. Let me go up here to the left, right there. There's a microphone for you. Kevin Schwarzy with the uh, Racing Times. I'm going to take you back to September 2016 at Chicagoland ARCA race in the 99 Pertec car. Uh, you're standing there, basically nobody around. I asked you for a shot of you next to your car, and you just walked straight up and took the shot, and you thanked me. I've watched you since then, and you seem to have stayed the same in, same type of individual, easygoing, no stress, you know, personable young man you were back then, almost six years later now. I mean, you're born into the sport, but there's lots of guys born into the sport, girls born into the sport, you know, that sometimes can't handle it or aren't able to stay that grounded, if you want to call it that. Is there any one thing? Is there a lot of things that keep you, uh, you know, the way you are? Well, thank you for the compliment. It's it's certainly a, a way I certainly try and lead my life, and um, whether if it's friends and family, but um, I think my parents keep me plenty grounded. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm... I'm not. I'm not sure. Other than um, I, I try and make things pretty simple for myself, whether that's competition related or personally. Um, I've said earlier tonight. I've got pretty simple goals, and I've had uh, great leadership throughout my life, and, and great examples set for me th throughout my life. And um, as far as my upbringing and um, my, my exposure to, to, to Roger and in this race team, and um, how to do things professionally, how to do things the right way, I, I don't. I don't see a way to do anything different. So. Um, thank you, thank you for noticing. Thank you for the compliment, and uh, I look to stay stay on that same course. We're going to check in in the press box. Christianketchens.com. Uh, Austin, congrats on the win. I was just uh, curious. You know, the former driver Brad Keselowski had uh, utmost respect for being a terrific super speedway racer in the number two team Penske, and I know how hard you work at your craft. And I was just wondering what maybe what you've done over the past couple of seasons to become a better super speedway racer and how much do you think that was a uh, help for you tonight? And have you talked to Ryan Blaney? Yeah, I think, I think speedway racing and running the high line are the two biggest things that I had to learn being an NASCAR driver, uh, coming from a completely foreign background. So, uh, for, for me, those were two things I've worked at quite a lot. Um, and I think it's a mental game on the, on the speedways, but also it's a very social game. And I'm not say I wouldn't say I'm the most social person. I didn't spend much time at high school. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've got an abundance of close friends. So for me, it's, it's, it's one of those things you have to predict everybody's next move. And, and, and for me, I understand where I stand on the totem pole tonight and, um, to, to be able to do this and, and, but also to be able to have, have the teammates, have, have the camaraderie from Ford and, uh, the, the team that's trusted in me. Uh, like I said, I, I do put a lot into my racing. Um, there's not much else, like I said before, that I really care about anymore. So, um, it's, it's certainly, uh, certainly awesome to have that hard work pay off. You know, it's not just me. It's, it's my spotter, Doug, it's Jeremy Bullins. It's the entire team Penske team, you know, the way Ford has started off with this next gen car with, with two wins in a row, pretty incredible. And, and, and obviously, um, you know, have, have great teamwork as well. You mentioned Ryan Blaney and I said it before, I'll say it again. I think he's a great leader for our team. I, I think he's really coming to his own, um, as far as part of this organization. And, um, I'm very proud to, proud to have him, um, and, and him having my back, you know, especially there on that restart. I, I will say, I think it was in his best interest to be able to help me. Uh, I thought the bottom was the dominant lane on restarts. It put him in a position to be, you know, second behind the leader and have a shot coming off of turn four. So, um, that's, that's usually all you can ask for from a teammate to let, let him, uh, give you, give you a shot and take his own when he has it. So, um, otherwise, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a great experience. 
What was that moment like with your parents, especially your mom? Yeah, my mom has been like the backbone of my racing career, whether if it's making, making brownies for the guys or uh, packing a cooler to go to the summer shootout um, or uh, driving me home from a long day, um, <laughs> tucking me in in my fire suit when I've gotten wrecked for the third week in a row at Concord Speedway, <laughs> all those things um, that, that moms do. Um, and she's been around it. You know, her brother race, like we mentioned before, uh, she comes from a racing family. Her father race, so th this isn't this isn't the first time she's she's seen this rodeo. But um, she's she's been my, by my side, been a, been a great listener, and um, definitely one of those people that helps keep me grounded. So um, very very proud to have her. She's definitely been my rock throughout my career. We're gonna go to Dustin Long and then Jerry. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, Austin. Um, I know you're still in the moment, but what does it mean to be a Daytona 500 winner? Tony Stewart can't say that. Kyle Busch can't say that. There are a number of drivers you're racing against and have come before you who cannot say what you can say right now. Yeah, I think, I think that there's a lot of layers to that that I, I feel like I have perspective on, but uh, I'm certainly different, in a different category in, in that respect. You know, I, I haven't been trying to do this for decades um, so, so from that respect, I, I'm pretty humbled to have the opportunity, the experience, what, what this means um, at this point in my career. But um, I, I think I still have a lot left to learn from, from the guys that you've, you've mentioned. That you know, There's a long list of drivers that have tried and finished second or um, led a lot of laps and, and come really close. And some, some days it's your day. And, and um, I'll trade losing the Xfinity Championship by four inches uh, for a Daytona 500, I guess, any day. But... Um, certainly, certainly hard to put myself in their shoes, but um, I have a lot of respect for, for a lot of the drivers in the field, and um, there's a good chance of me having to go, to go to school for a little while here as far as figuring out what it takes to do this every weekend. Going to go to Jerry, and then we'll go to Justin. Jerry Jordan, kick at the tires.net. Uh, a lot of people come to you know, high five you and give you, you know, kudos in, in victory lane. What was that victory lane experience like for you? And also, you took a call. Who was that from? And, and if you can talk, talk about that. Uh, so the call I took was from my brother who lives in Norway. <laughs> and, uh, and he is one of my biggest fans. Um, he and I weren't super close growing up, but the moment he moved away to college, he and I got really close. And uh, whether if it's just talking to each other on a weekly basis and we, we share a lot of the, some, some common passions. Um, obviously grew up in the same racing household, so, um, but otherwise got to, got to talk to him. He was staying up watching the whole thing. He's, Norway's definitely the party country in Scandinavia, so I, I'm sure uh, he and his buddies are going to have a good time. But um, it's, I don't know if they sell Keystone Light in, in, uh, in Norway, but we might have to send him some. We'll figure out how to make that work. But um, otherwise got to talk to him. I can't remember your first question, but it was, uh, it was cool to get that experience to talk to him. Well, the weird thing about it, like most of the times I've, I've, I've won races in, in this sport, it's been with, you know, the Xfinity team, you know, the 22 Xfinity team. That, that is, with the exception of winning the truck race in most sport, like every win I've had is with a lot of those same guys. And um, this is kind of my first date with the two team, a team that's been together for a really long time under the leadership of Jeremy. And um, there's a lot of guys that have been trying for a lot of years to win this race. And um, I can't think of a better way to start it off. I think the only guys that I recognized uh, th their smiles and their joy and their expectations in victory lane was my pit crew because a lot of those guys, a lot of the guys on the two crew pitted my Xfinity car a lot. And 
Uh, we've actually come up together through the truck series, and, man, they were on it tonight. They had a money four stop and um, did a great job on pit road all day. So really proud of that effort. And, but, but, uh, but, yeah, to, to experience that with a bunch of new people, uh, it's a great way to start a relationship. Hopefully it doesn't set too lofty of expectations, but uh, I, think they're, I think they're learning about me and, 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 and what I enjoy and, and, and what, I, what I put into this, and, and uh, I, hopefully that, that's a lot, lot more to come for, for, for this group. I'm going to go to Justin, and then we'll go back up to the press box. Thank you. First off, congratulations, Austin. Said Drake, Justin Palmer with the Columbia, Missouri. And, and Austin, you already mentioned in the losing out oh, by four inches in the Xfinity Series title. Tonight, you win the race by three eight one hundredths of a second, the third or closest finish in 500 history. Just your thoughts on that at kind of, of coming around and, and that kind of coming full circle tonight. When was that? November? That race at Phoenix has haunted me <laughs> every moment of every day for the last however many months. And it still will. Like, I still lost, so it still sucks. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think I've compared the two a little bit too much tonight because it's, it's definitely on a different stage, and it's definitely uh, a race that means a, a lot. Um, so for, for me to be, able to, to be able to do that, to obviously have a, have a close finish, to be able to put on an awesome finish for the race fans, like we've, like we've said before, is a packed house. And um, there's a lot of momentum with the sport. And um, in, in some ways, to, to, to be somewhat of a leader of that is, is, is a unique experience for me. And um, I have a lot of perspective left to gain as, as what it means and, and what my influence is and as far as, um, as, a, as a driver in this sport and uh, someone who hopes to be here for a long time. Going to check back in with the press box upstairs. Hey, Austin. Cameron Richardson with the Rich Report. What did you tell yourself after the Xfinity Series title loss in November, and how did it motivate and set you, set you up for tonight? All right. This is the last time we're revisiting that race <laughs> ever because I've never been in so much pain that I've wanted to vomit. Never in my life have I been in so much pain, felt like I've let so many people down that I've wanted to just throw up on the spot. Uh, I remember... I explicitly remember waking up at 4 a.m. the next morning and just staring, like having a panic attack. Um, it's, it's how much it means to me, um, and, and there's no way to describe that. And, and sometimes you, you have those moments in life that, you know, some people aren't ever passionate about something like that other than their families and their life. So I'm, I'm grateful to, to have something that, that really pushes me that far emotionally, physically, um, that I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But um, definitely, definitely a moment I'll never forget in my life, and um, definitely confirmation that this uh, this this job that I have, this living that I've that I've had for myself, means a lot to me. Gonna go to Luis and then Dalton. Luis Torres, the podium finish. Of course, you 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 had Briscoe congratulate you, but you also had the Thunderbirds celebrating a holiday, pretty much your biggest fans right now. You obviously had that moment with them a couple of days ago. Describe that feeling to have such amazing supporters and a bond already. Yeah, no better way to create a bond than going nine Gs together in an F-16 and then win the Daytona 500 a couple of days later. Talk about badass. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't even begin to to say how, how cool of an experience that was. As someone that's grown up loving Star Wars their entire life, that's probably the closest I'll get to flying in an X-Wing. But um, definitely definitely an amazing experience, what those guys 
what those guys do, but also the people in the, just in the Air Force in general and our armed forces, what, what they go through, what their bodies go through to, to keep us free and safe. It's great perspective gain for sure. And a great for perspective for me on the, on the critical things for the human body, like blood and oxygen. Like, that's important. <laughs> like, food and water go below blood and oxygen. And being able to figure out what it takes to, you know, have the right blood flow and get the oxygen in the right way while you're pulling nine Gs so you don't pass out while you're seeing tunnel vision and, uh, and then have to do the duels the next night or the, the couple hours later was, it was definitely an experience, but, um, something I'll never forget. And, uh, obviously, uh, really cool. I didn't expect it to see them in victory lane. I told them if I won that they needed to be in victory lane, they did just as they were told. So, uh, really cool to see them, um, and, and, and share that moment. I'm going to go to Dalton and then Daniel. Austin Dalton Hopkins, frontstretch.com. Taking back to Phoenix in November. I'm just kidding. Can we talk about today? So I, talk, I was talking to a lot of drivers in the field care center, and a lot of them were saying that it's kind of difficult to push with these cars. A lot of them, they were talking about, complaining about how aggressive it was. Were you on the receiving end of anything like that today, and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I did a lot of pushing today. Uh, I, was, I was pretty happy with how well my car could push. Um, I felt like that was probably my strength throughout the day, and uh, I learned a lot while doing it as well. Um, it does get pretty hectic back in the pack. Um, pretty interested to see how Talladega is going to play out. I think it's going to be a lot different race than Daytona, uh, just because how wide that track is, um, how how much less handling matters at Talladega. Um, but I certainly learned a lot. Um, certainly a lot to take away from. But um, I, I think a lot of that comes down to spotter and driver. You know, it is hard to see in front of you. And uh, Doug did a really good job tonight, keeping me informed, and, and, and we were able to really adapt to, to what I needed, the information I needed, what was important um, for for being able to be successful. We'll go to Daniel, and then we'll check back in with the press box. Can I get a water? Yeah. Thank you. I'm starting to get really dry. <laughs> uh, Austin, um, so when people showed up at the track today or tu tuned into the broadcast at you know three o'clock to watch the start of this race, it's very likely they either had no idea who you were or knew very little about you. And for, for they the didn't know how to spell my name. It was spelled wrong on my garage when I showed up here. So, <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Not throwing any shade, but hopefully we can get that right next year. <laughs> so, okay. With an E instead of an I. It's not the first time. It happens. You usually have to spell it out. Wait, the first I or the second I? <laughs> it, it happens Third. a lot. <laughs> anyway, but for at least the next 24 hours, 48 hours, you're going to be one of the most talked about athletes in the country if not the world um what does that feel like and what do you want those people to know about austin Sendrick, the 2022 daytona 500 winner that's a really heavy way to put it i mean you're probably not wrong uh but at the same time i guess i don't think that much of myself <laughs> or at least uh i've never had that perspective but um you know I, I think as far as what people need to know about me is as I've, I've said it already, I'll say it again, um, my dedication to what I do is pretty much all that matters to me. And um, whether if it's the people that I get to do it with or um, the life I get to live, I, I know how fortunate I am to get to do this. And I, I promise you, I don't take it for granted. So um, I'm surrounded by a lot of great people and I want to do this for a long time. I'm going to go upstairs to the press box. No more questions from the press box. Thank you. We'll go to Davey. Hey, Austin, Davey Siegel, Front Stretch. I think on a podcast last year, you can correct me if I'm wrong, did you say that you're not a not a drinker at all? I, I I'm going have a beer sponsor. And we 
shared a lot of Keystone Light and Victory Lane today. Okay, so I, I assume that's going to be the beverage of choice tonight and potentially the rest of the week then? That is the beverage of choice for the number two. Okay. Thank you. Do we have any final questions either down? Oh, we'll go to Bob. Uh, Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. Blaney said that he would not make a move on you unless he was 100% certain a Penske car would win. How much do you think all the talks and all the and what happened here last year played into how the finish of today happened? I think it played a role. I think it played a role, but at the same time, I look at Ryan, and he's honestly been the glue to our Speedway program. If I look back, you know, as far as you know, have, having two polarizing figures that are both equally good at what they do in different ways. I think Ryan's Ryan's kind of been the guy that's honestly gotten the short end of the stick some of the times as far as being a great teammate. So, um, you know, we talked about it as a team um, on, on Monday before we left for Daytona as far as what, what the rules were going to be there and, and, and how to manage that. And I, I think that stays behind closed doors. But um, I, I think I think to that point, I mean, R Ryan Ryan had a shot to win the race off of turn four, and that was, that was his chance to do it. And um, I, I knew that's the opportunity that he wanted to have, and I, I think the best chance for him to do that is to, to be second in line. So um, he, 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 was, he was in position to be able to do that, but otherwise, um, you know, great, great team effort and proud of that, and hopefully I can repay the favor. And is it – I don't know if surreal is the right word, but, I mean, you have Brad Keselowski – you have an autographed Brad Keselowski, you know, card or something in your – in your place, and you replace him, and I think you, it could be very well argued you outdrove him today. That he, um, so is that surreal to you? Is that like, um, I don't want to say surprising, but like, can you kind of describe how that dynamic sits with you? Well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I didn't think it was possible, um, but certainly uh, I don't feel like I've replaced Brad in any sense of the word. You know, he's meant a great deal to, the, to, to our race team, but. Um, not just Brad, but, I mean, you talk about Brad, Ryan, uh, Bubba. I mean, a lot of the guys that I was having to fend off there at the end of the race um, are, are guys that have been in the sport for a while and have, have paid their dues and, and, and put themselves in position every time at these types of races. And um, I obviously have to do my job and do what's best for, for Austin and the two team. But um, I, I certainly have a lot of great perspective on, on, on what that means, you know, what that hard work means and, and – um, being able to, to do it like in my second try um, certainly certainly is exciting, uh, but uh, definitely not a stranger to knowing that I've got a lot of work. I have a lot of study, and i got to do to put myself on that level every single week. Going to go on the far uh, right to Doug. Hey, thank you. Uh, so Doug Turnbull for WSB and PRN. I think from a lot of your answers, you may have kind of covered this, but when it was coming down to those closing laps and you had the lead, did you have the feeling in your mind is just like any time you would be like if you were comfortable in the Xfinity series on a road course or something? Or did you have, because of the dynamic of Daytona and you being a rookie and all of that, the don't mess this up, don't mess this up feeling? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'd say ha-ha to whoever thought my first cup one was going to be on a road course. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I've, I've, I've won more ovals than road courses, guys. Like, come on, give me a break. But otherwise, uh, no, I mean, I, you definitely have to remove yourself from the moment. I mean, you, you think to yourself, all right, you know, it's the Daytona 500, but you have a chance to win, and what are you going to do with it? And, and, and put yourself in that situation and, and look at the characters behind you and try and predict everyone's next move. I, I think that's all you can do, and you have to live in, live in the moment, stay in the game, and 
um, I, I think it's that simple for me. Going to go to the far left now to Dominic. Dominic Otagon, the RacingExperts.com, ESPN Radio, Albuquerque. So Austin, nearly 3,000 guys have won or have raced in the Cup Series. Only 199 have now won in the Cup Series. So what do you think you're going to remember most about tonight? That's a great question. The night isn't over. Um, but um, as, far as, as far as the race itself, um, just the way things changed. You know, I, I pride myself in being a, a versatile driver, um, an open-minded competitor, and that's what you had to be tonight. I'm not going to tell you that I'm the most diverse, the most open-minded, and the best guy in, in, the, in the field. But um, I do pride myself in that, and I do feel like that played a role. And I think that mentality really paid off uh, for, for us tonight. And I think, I think we executed on a lot of points. And that's what it's going to take to be successful this season as well with, with a lot of changes and a lot of newness. You know, We're going to go to Fontana next week with 15 minutes of practice, as far as I understand. So um, there, there's, there's a lot of differences. Um, so I, I think for, for me, to, to be able to maintain that mindset, it's, it's great to see it pay off once. Uh, 37 times would be, would be really good. Do a final check-in with the press box to see if there were any additional questions. No more questions from the press box. Anything final down here in the deadline room for Austin? We'll wrap up with Justin. In Plenty of room for more. <laughs> Justin Farmer again. And... Uh, we were in here Wednesday, and you were here with Harrison Burton. You guys were talking about how much of a friendly rivalry you guys have. Uh, how much are you going to brag to him over the next coming weeks of this 500 victory? I don't see myself bra – I, I brag about the Xfinity win that I had over him here, but not, not the 500. Obviously, uh, happy is okay. I mean, I, I, didn't, I haven't seen the replay. I haven't seen any of the race, but I guess he went for a bit of a tumble there. But uh, tough deal, um, definitely – not the way you want to start out a season. Obviously, our, our car count now is, is fairly low. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, uh, no, it's, it's, it's great to have him on the team. I, I think he brings a great energy and um, I think a great perspective that I probably don't have as, as, as a younger driver that, that can definitely push our team forward with two other veterans. Austin, thanks for joining us tonight, and congratulations on the Daytona 500 win. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.